0: The Hornets Podcast, your daily podcast with all the notes, quotes, and daily buzz around your favorite NBA team, the Charlotte Hornets. I'm Sam Farber, and it is a pleasure and a privilege to have you with us once again on the HHC. It is a game day edition, so we will be previewing tonight's matchup with the Indiana Pacers. Also, want to talk about the state of the Hornets. There have been a couple of write ups recently in the local publications as well as national ones considering power rankings and where the Hornets stack up. Want to talk about the state of the roster the potential future and how the hornets are measuring up to their contemporaries according to the national media and finally some appreciation for gordon hayward he's been playing at an all-star level some would argue an mvp level and he's been getting a lot of praise for that we'll talk about that as well to help me discuss all of these topics and more we've got josh sims sports anchor for fox 46 right here in the queen city making his hornets hivecast debut josh thanks so much for joining us
1: yeah, how you doing, Sam? I get to uh, finally sort of meet you. I know you've been on our show a couple times, and it's always days when I'm out there. So I guess this is our first official time kind of meeting, not in person, though.
0: <laughs> so social distance is uh, preventing us from doing the podcast in person. But, uh, you know, I have noticed that uh, you only schedule me when you're out, not there. So I figured I, I will extend the olive branch first and have you on the Hornets i cast. And then I expect to be on Charlotte Sports Live with you soon.
1: Yeah, I'm avoiding
0: you, clearly. Well, let's get started with how, how the Hornets have been playing overall recently. Obviously, they have lost five of their last six games. I think there's a variety of reasons behind each of the losses. The most frustrating ones is when there isn't really a discernible explanation for why things went wrong. And I think the previous game against Orlando, you can probably put in that category. Yes, the Magic got fire from three, but uh, there's starting to be some questions as to why. What are your assessment of how they have been playing?
1: Yeah, for this team, it's, you know, it's not what people want to hear, but it's about growth right now. Uh, I think the most important thing is this team kind of figures out what their issues are. And a lot of those issues having to do with just a, getting off to better starts in these games they'll 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 fall behind early and it, it's an uphill battle for the most part for a lot of these games for the team and it's a lot to ask for them to always have to catch fire and be nearly perfect in the third quarter and the fourth quarter just to win these games after digging themselves a hole so they do need to start games better uh and the other thing is just late game situations when they are in those close games they've struggled in a sense finding the right shots finding the right player to take the shots and then on the other end getting the stops they need or getting those key rebounds in situations where you know whether it's against toronto or orlando where where they get a shot off and and they get the stop but then they don't get the rebound and the other team will get another crack at it and and that's something james borrego has talked about the fact that they do use the small lineup a little bit more that does kill them on the boards they just need to find sort of a nice balance And, and he did say that the rotations were going to be a work in progress. There, there are some that are working right now. There are others that aren't. There's ones that, you know, you might not see going forward. But it's all about kind of finding those balance and those players kind of finding their footing. And, and I think those are, are two key things right there. It's the late game situations and it's better starts. And, and you can add in rebounding as well when they do have that small lineup.
0: Rick Bunnell of the Charlotte Observer, who does a spectacular job covering the team, he had a recent article talking to Mitch Kupchak, kind of giving a state of the Hornets and assessing the team's needs. There's certainly been some, some chatter about would the roster need any minor changes or even major changes at some point to maximize the potential playoff opportunities for for the franchise, my my question to you on this would be: Is this the Hornets' expectations growing faster than the team has allotted for the roster to grow together, or maybe, maybe not as long as the team has given, but the fan base has given them to grow together? Considering you know Gordon Hayward and Lamelo Ball, they're major pieces. They haven't even been playing with the team for two full months yet due to the strange nature of this past off season. you see a lot of teams that have major pieces coming together that are still trying to figure it out and maybe this team just needs a little bit more time to show what they can do on a more consistent basis
1: yeah I mean that's the thing and, and time is the funny thing about this season because we know it is shorter you know it's 72 game schedule this year so where you normally are in the season you're actually a little bit ahead of of where you normally would be in any given year and you know I, i like the fact that this team talked going into the season about the goals to make the playoffs you know and and some teams might say if we're not contending then we need to be bad so we can get better draft picks and build that way but you know the hornets have kind of been middling for such a long time that and not in the postseason for such a long time, that I, I think that is a good goal to get back in the postseason. And I do think they have the pieces to do that. You know, you have Gordon Hayward playing at an all-star level. You can argue Rozier is playing at an all-star level as well. And then Lomella Ball's been a little bit up and down, but, but at his best, he's a, a very exciting young player that you know the future is bright for. So when you talk about those pieces, I don't see why not. They, they shouldn't be kind of contending to get into the 7-8 range you know i mean yeah you could say maybe they get into the playing game i think they should be aiming higher than that i think they can lock up one of those final spots in the eastern conference as the way it stands right now and you know most teams would kill for an all-star type player and and they finally have that since post kemba at least so i think if there's moves out there to be made I, i i would welcome them going out and making moves to try and get better whether that's getting a big to help them on the boards getting you know, maybe another swing man that they feel that can help put them over the edge because y- y- they've been in this situation for a long time where they just haven't been good enough. And I think you know, for Mitch and the guys in that front office, it's it's almost time. When when you put that type of money towards Gordon Hayward and make moves like that, that says you're trying to build something. So it, it's time to kind of put the chips on the table and go in.
0: And if the right move presents itself, in, in Mitch, I trust his pedigree is beyond dispute. He put together so many of those championship teams with the Lakers. He made a series of brilliant moves crafting that team. And while this is a different situation than the one the Lakers had, he certainly is someone that the organization, I think the fan base, trusts to make the right calls. The one thing I would say if a move is not imminent and I have no reason to expect one would be, and if fans are clamoring, well, hey, if, if you're not making moves, you're not trying, let me throw this out at you. As of yesterday, there were four teams in the NBA with 12 or more wins at this stage of the season. The 76ers, the Lakers, the Clippers, and the Jazz. The one thing all those four teams have in common, they have been relatively stable from last year to this year in terms of their stars and their starters. So there's a lot of other teams that are considered contenders. I'm looking at Brooklyn in particular, who have certainly all-star late in rosters, but they have not been able to execute in terms of total number of wins possibly in part because they're still learning how to play with one another and I think for the Hornets you can make the same argument you look at a lot of the numbers a lot of positives there for Charlotte a lot of things to say that maybe they should be two to three wins better than they are right now but all that being said as things start to even out if you give them more time to gel together there is an argument to be made that this is a playoff team right now that just needs to hit its stride
1: yeah and and I definitely agree with that I mean it's 17 games into the season for this team like you mentioned they're figuring it out they do have new pieces they're trying to gel together and there's been games where, where Gordon Hayward has been extremely aggressive and then there's been games where he hasn't and like he's kind of figuring out where he needs to be in terms of being that in a sense killer at the end of games for teams and, and Lamelo's had games where he's been a huge part of the game and there's been games where he's kind of disappeared so so you're absolutely right I mean there's, there's no saying that they aren't kind of in a position with the guy They currently have to make a playoff push. It's just about giving them that time. Um, You just hope that, you know, that time doesn't take too long or they fall too far out of it.
0: It is nice, certainly, to have expectations again in the Queens City. The worst place you can be is ignored by a fan base or by the general NBA community, and that is certainly not the case. Hornets have been getting attention throughout the preseason, into the regular season, and right up till today, and they'll continue to do so. And we hope we have all of your attention. Be sure to tune in and watch every Hornets game. You can do so live on Fox Sports Southeast and the Fox Sports Go app, or, of course, you can listen on WFNZ and the Hornets mobile app. Josh Sims of Fox 46 in the Queen City, my guest today here on the Hornets Hivecast. And, Josh, we want to continue the conversation we were just having a little bit kind of on the state of the Hornets. Everyone loves power rankings. Uh, They come out for every sport, any random time people want to. I always pay attention, and uh, it's a good reason to get upset about things, so why not do it right here? The Athletic put out their most recent one, had the Hornets 24th out of 30 teams, so essentially the the bottom 20%. I've got my thoughts on the ranking, but I'm going to let you swing first. You lead off. What do you think about where the Hornets stack up in the athletics power rankings?
1: Yeah, I when I hear that, I I think they're more looking just at their record. And li- listen, I don't know how much they're looking at the Hornets. I know from the outside looking in, they aren't exactly on people's you know watch list for nights for the for the Charlotte Hornets. So maybe they looked at the record compared to the other teams and said, yeah, it's the same old Hornets. You know, they're they're seven and ten, and their record is only better than what six other teams in the league or something like that. The way they have it kind of ranked, uh, I think. When I look at it, I think their ceiling is higher. You know, I, I think that's the thing about them. There's been other situations where – and and maybe being 24th, like I, I look at 24th as a different kind of 24th than like another season for this team because I say, yeah, maybe they're 24th right now, but I think 24th in the sense that they have the ability to kind of move up, whereas – and other years, you could say they're twenty fourth, and like yeah, they are twenty fourth. Like that's that's where they're gonna peak this season. So I see it as a hopeful twenty fourth that even makes sense. Um, but I would move them up a couple spots. But I also think a lot of people say you are what your record is, so you you kind of have to go out there and prove it.
0: I think that's a fair statement. I, I personally, you know, I look at power rankings as a snapshot in time, so I think it's fair having lost five of their last six games, to put them further down because they're certainly, based off their record in the last two weeks, not playing as well as a lot of other teams. But for me overall, I would put them around that play-in-game spot right now, which would have them somewhere around 18 to 20. To me, the Hornets' style of play has been solid. Their defense has been solid. I think they've had some bad luck in hitting a hot hand that had not been hot before, and maybe there's more to that than I'm giving credit for here But at the end of the day, I I feel like the Hornets are being uh, a bit slighted by being ranked that low on those power rankings.
1: Yeah, I think the funny thing about it is, and I was talking about this with my coworker, Will Kunkel, maybe it was last week. And, you know, we were looking at the upcoming schedule for the Hornets, and we're looking, and we're like, all right, you know, they have a couple games against Orlando, and then, you know, they have a game against this team and that team. And we're like, these are all very winnable games. But I also think, in a sense, we are so close to the situation that we, since we see the guys and we know the guys and we think we know what they're capable of. We're kind of like oh yeah they're better than this team they're better than that team and and at the end of the day it's like well maybe they're pretty even with that team and on on one day they'll beat them on another day they'll lose to them i.e orlando you know maybe they're more neck and neck with with orlando than we like to think or a team like chicago or or any of these teams even cleveland you know like that that's the funny thing about it being so invested the way we are where we always see a team better than they are and, and sometimes when we're angry at a team we see them worse than they are you know so so i always look at it with with that kind of tint or those rose-colored glasses or whatever you want to use the analogy for that, you know, I, I try and take a step back and see, like, maybe they are where they are right now, like you said, because of the, the recent stretch and the losses. And in order to be considered in that 18-19 range, they need to go out there and not only string together some wins, but beat some of the better teams in the league like they did early on when they beat Brooklyn.
0: They will have some opportunities coming up, uh, including tonight against the Pacers. We'll talk about that in a little bit and uh, also Milwaukee on the horizon. I like what you had to say there about, you know, maybe we're too close to this. And sometimes you need a wider lens perspective to really assess how well things are going or how poorly things are going. Uh, One person who's been getting a lot of praise and it's very much deserved is Gordon Hayward. Hayward's been playing at an all-star level. I've heard it argued an MVP level specifically for the past week and a half or so with his point production and his leadership of this Hornets team. And one person who was giving praise on social media was Dwayne Wade. He tweeted out a a Zach Galifianakis uh, shushing GIF or video, and, and the caption was, to everyone who had something to say about Gordon Hayward's max contract. I loved it. What are your thoughts on Gordon Hayward getting the pat on the back, the attaboy, the encouragement from one of the legends of the game, Dwayne Wade?
1: Yeah, I love it. Listen, uh, once again, I keep referencing Will just because we talk so much about this stuff, but we're, we're co workers, is what we do. Um, but we have been caping for Gordon Hayward since the signing happened uh, back in the offseason, just because. I saw from a standpoint as a guy that a lot of people wanted to compare to a certain other player that got a big contract pretty recently from the Charlotte Hornets. And to me, I was, I was in the camp that Gordon Hayward's been an all-star. He's been proven. He's fallen on some bad times and bad luck with injuries, none of which are his fault. And I, and I always knew that if he could get healthy, he is capable of this type of thing. So for people to be upset with the amount of money that he was getting – You know, like we also, like you said, we got to take a step back and look at the situation where the Hornets aren't really in a position to kind of get those big-name free agents to look at Charlotte as a destination. So when one looks at Charlotte as a destination the way Gordon Hayward did a a past All-Star, I mean, yes, the price tag was a bit pricey, but you go out and get him because that can only allow you to then bring in more guys when they see... The production that gordon has and then the team starts to do better and then some people might be like hey i'd love to go play in charlotte and i'd love to go play with gordon and it takes one it just takes one to want to come here gordon was that guy so the price tag was what it was but also getting more back to what you're saying about dwayne wade i mean the nba players get it they get the way the business works and the money works and they always hear From us on the outside that don't play the game, complaining about the money that they get and us digging into their pockets when we would do the exact same thing in that situation. So I love that D-Wade put that out there, that he's standing up for it. But more importantly, I love that Gordon Hayward is backing it up on the court because this is what he's capable of when he's healthy. He looks like he's having fun again, which is also very important. And the important thing about him is the leadership he brings to the team, the ability to close like we saw in Orlando the other night, to want the big shot, but to also want to teach these guys how to win. That is so critical. So I, I'm the biggest Gordon Hayward fan right now just because, I a I want to be right. I mean, who doesn't want to be right? But, B, I just love seeing him go out there and make people kind of eat their words because people on Twitter have been even responding with that, saying, yeah, I didn't like the deal, but I love Gordon now. So, you know, like hopefully he keeps it up.
0: I agree. And you're going to have to compete with me for biggest fan of the deal because I'm right there with you and was even before I got this job. I think people make the mistake of looking at max contracts and saying, well, that means we have to compare you to the best player in the game. So is Gordon Hayward as good as LeBron James or Kevin Durant necessarily? And that's how we're going to grade. Is he worth $30 million when that's not the right metric? When you look at the NBA – There are 40 to 50 players that are in that 25 million plus per year type of contract range. So honestly, if you're one of the top two players on your team, that's the kind of contract you're going to have. And I would say by even the final year of the deal, probably a year or two after the way Gordon Hayward has played, he will probably be one of the top two players on this or any other roster, so I think he is absolutely proven to be worth the money. If anything, he's outplayed the deal.
1: Yeah, and it's great. Welcome, glad you're on the team with me and Will. I don't want to say welcome because you've always been on the team, but I, I love when people, you know, like realize and recognize the situation and yeah i mean we you know like all of us don't want to jump out the window based off 17 games in a season like a lot can still happen but you know him going out there and proving it and like you said with with the way someone's going to get paid in the league that's just the way the nba works and and People can't get mad at the team not paying Kemba Walker the amount of money, which actually probably proved to be the right move given his injuries. Now, but then turn around and get mad at them giving all the money to Gordon because both those guys are all stars, you know. So it's 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 a funny situation. It's fans, so you you can never knock them. I love the passion, you know. I love that they care that much about the team but I also love to see Gordon doing what he's doing out there. Let's let's keep it
0: up Gordon. Absolutely. And also at the end of the day, you have to pay someone. This isn't major league baseball where you can have a team that one team has a $200 million payroll. The other one has a $40 million payroll and they're both competing against each other. Everyone's got a ceiling and a floor and uh, the Hornets had money to spend, and uh, again, I'll say it, I am more than happy to see Gordon Hayward collecting this size of a check for the next four years, considering the returns we've seen so far. One of the teams that was competing with the Hornets for his services is from his home state of Indiana, the Pacers, and they are in town tonight. We're going to talk about that matchup in just a moment. We've got Josh Sims here from Fox 46, and want to encourage all of you to keep up with all of the latest Hornets information by downloading the Hornets App On your mobile device, it'll give you access to all new features and exclusive content. You don't want to miss the new game day experiences for every game this season, giving you information and digital activations available only through the Hornets app. Hornets and Pacers tonight, first of two in a back-to-back series, not back-to-back nights as we saw against Orlando, but back-to-back games nonetheless against the Pacers. Josh Sims, sports anchor from Fox 46, my guest today here on the Hornets Hivecast. And Josh, as you look at this matchup with the Pacers, one of the teams in the upper half or upper third of the Eastern Conference through the first 17 or so games, what are your thoughts on how the Hornets stack up?
1: Yeah, it's it's a tough one, and and like we discussed earlier, this is one of those teams that the Hornets need to go out and beat to kind of prove that they belong in that you know six seven eight range in the playoffs. They're gonna have two cracks at them, so you, so you're gonna have you, you got to come away with at least one of them. A sweep would be great. I mean, wouldn't that be awesome to see this team go out there and beat them? But it's gonna certainly be a tough matchup. And I say if Sabonis is healthy, and I know he got banged up on Monday night. If he's able to go, that's going to be someone that they're going to be challenged trying to stop. That's a guy averaging a double-double. He's averaging around 22 and 12, I think. So that's that's definitely a tough matchup for P.J. Or, or Bismack or whoever's on him. But also just Malcolm Brogdon. I mean, that guy is such a stud at point guard. He, he really exceeded my expectations as a guy that could drop, you know, 20 a game. You know, I didn't see him as that type of guy coming out of Virginia. But he is such a, a quality point guard, always making the right play, getting the right shot. He's going to put a lot of pressure on the Hornets' backcourt, and they're going to really have to defend, and Borrego talks about the importance of defending. This is one of those teams that you can't let exploit you because the Pacers are a smart team, they're a tough team, and they have two really good players that can really attack you. And if you don't try and keep those guys in check, it could be a long night, so so that's going to be, certainly be the key for this game.
0: We will be monitoring Sabonis' status right up until game time. Make sure you're tuned into the pregame show on WFNZ and keeping an eye on things as well on Fox Sports Southeast. You're right, Brogdon has had an outstanding season or at least an outstanding start to this season so far. The player I would spotlight on the opposing roster, though, is Miles Turner. He's had three straight 20-plus point games, and when you look over the course of the season, the types of players that have given the Hornets the most issue – I would say, are centers. I'm looking at guys like Joel Embiid. I would throw Nikola Vucevic. He's not as flashy as other centers, but you look at his production the previous two games, and he was 20-plus points, 12-plus rebounds. Night after night, got it pretty easily. I think that is a position that they've had a more difficult time, and some of it is health-related. They haven't had their full complement of centers the entire time, but part of it is just that that might be a weaker spot in terms of their ability to defend the best in the NBA and Miles Turner certainly qualifies as that right now amongst NBA centers.
1: Yeah he's a dangerous guy he's a guy that can certainly step out and hurt you he can he's a guy that can go inside and hurt you so it, it'll be interesting to see kind of how they match up against them how much they put a more athletic guy on him versus just a big that can kind of disrupt him whether it's Cody whether it's Biz whether it's PJ you make a great point about them getting hurt by the centers uh, in recent games and they've been hurt on the boards in critical times. And and that also worries me about Miles Turner hurting him on the boards in this game. I'm kind of curious your thoughts on on just the rotation when it comes to the bigs and whether or not you think Cody and Biz and PJ are are, are enough for them right now. We talked about moves earlier on the show, but do do you think, you know, those guys are are, are
0: enough right now? I mean, I think for for right now they have to be. And and I think they can be. They're very different bigs. I think some teams will get into a rotation where, you know, Player A is the starter, and Player B is a slightly lesser version of the starter. But they kind of do similar things. And in this case for the Hornets, none of the centers do exactly the same thing. Biz is the best defender of the group. Cody Zeller has the best interior game. P.J. Washington has the most range and athleticism to his game. So all of them have strengths, and all of them have, uh, relative to the others, relative weaknesses – and it makes it maybe a little bit more of a puzzle to piece together minute to minute within a game and game to game looking at those matchups.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. And, and the versatility of those three is, is definitely something that's a positive for this team. Um, you know, PJ's had some good games this season. He struggled a little bit this season, but I think it, it could be a good matchup going against a guy like Miles Turner that's going to, you know, step out, but, you know, if Sabonis, like we mentioned before, is healthy, that's that's a lot of pressure on the front line for the Hornets in this game, and, and it could turn to a situation where they're just going to have to score with them, or they're just going to have to exploit the guard lineup. Um, they're going to have to have, you know, not just Gordon, but Rozier and Devontae and Lavello put pressure on that Pacers backcourt all all night long to to kind of come out with a win in this one.
0: And wrapping on a positive note, I I would agree. I think you know just as the Pacers potentially are not an easy matchup defensively for the Hornets with their size and in the interior. The Hornets are not an easy matchup for the Pacers when they're playing their assist-driven style of play. I mean, if Charlotte's able to shoot the ball relatively well, which they did not night two against Orlando, they should be around 29-30 assists. It makes them very difficult to guard. And then you've got your closer in Gordon Hayward, who's capable of putting together a 12- to 15-point quarter seemingly any time he wants. So that is a difficult matchup for the other side for Indiana because I mean I don't know too many teams who do have someone who matches up well with Gordon Hayward but I don't know that Indiana especially if Sabonis is not there is one of those teams
1: yeah and then that's one that you know Gordon should be licking his chops heading into this game and and like you mentioned in most any games you can kind of get the shots he want but you know this could be another big night for him and then it's just a matter of who else is going to kind of step up and 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 play well and you know Terry's been you know, pretty consistent all, all season long, averaging 18. Devontae's really started to find his shot. So, hey, I mean, the Hornets are home for this game. Home cooking, that could be huge. I wish you could say they'll have the home crowd behind them. But, you know, that's not a thing this year. But two shots at Indiana at home. You know, that's, uh, that, that's a pretty good stretch for them to kind of prove something. And, and hopefully they use that as bulletin board material. The 24th ranking in the season that they're looking at that, knowing they're, they're better than that, you know, lights a little fire under them. I'd love to see them have a little fight out there.
0: It should be a fun matchup tonight, Hornets versus Pacers round one, and we invite you to come back to the Hornets Hivecast again tomorrow. We'll have the recap of tonight's game. Josh Sims, sports anchor at Fox 46. Thank you so much for joining us today here on the Hornets Hivecast.
1: It was a pleasure, man. Had a lot of fun.
0: And thanks to all of you for tuning in as well. For everyone with the Hornets, I'm Sam Farber saying it's been a pleasure and a privilege having you along, and we'll talk to you tomorrow once again on the Hornets Hivecast.